0: Welcome to the Production Talk podcast with me, Jan of mixartist.com.au. In this podcast series, we celebrate the modern way of producing music. We want to talk about all things related to songwriting, recording at home and music production. So if you produce your music at home, this is the place to be. Please subscribe and recommend this podcast to all your friends. This is the Production Talk Podcast, Episode 70. Welcome back to another episode of the Production Talk Podcast. At the beginning of this episode, as always, I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the country that we are meeting on today, the Irakul people of the Bundjalung Nation. And I would like to pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging with me today is a very special person, the winner of the Gold Coast Music Awards Artist of the Year and lead singer of Hussey Hicks. With me is Lisa Jens. Welcome to the podcast. How are you today?
1: Uh, thank you so much for inviting me. Jan. It
0: is really great to have you. Um, look, we are both based in the Northern Rivers. Uh, I don't think we have met in person before, but maybe we have walk past each other somewhere in the streets who knows but uh, at some <laughs> stage you know it would be great to uh, actually meet up in person but of course i've seen you on stage and i'm sure pretty much all of our listeners uh, local or internationally have pretty much heard about the uh, hussy hicks band uh, can you tell us about uh, a few milestones of your musical career uh, quickly before we move on to other things
1: sure um so Uh, Jules and I met and uh, started playing music together um, late 2004, um, and, you know, we kind of just struck up this friendship um, that uh, has meant that we've just continued (laughs) to play music together and, uh, you know, traipse around the world um, and... Yeah, we, you know, we've uh, we've put a lot of focus on touring um, in a lot of random and regional and remote places. Um, we love to travel, we love playing music and uh, we really love meeting people and uh, experiencing things outside of our comfort zone. So that's kind of been the ethos of the Hussey Hicks to just uh, keep the show on the road and um, uh, have as many wonderful experiences as possible lovely
0: you've obviously played in you know uh, some some small places but uh, give us a couple of highlights you've toured the world so what were the musical highlights the the touring highlights of your career
1: Oh, look there are so many um mm, of course particularly you know uh in the last couple of years before covid um you know before 2020 kind of um shut us all down for a while uh we um became sort of regular visitors to the uh touring circuit in alaska uh which oh wow yeah which is such an extraordinary place and uh, the people there So incredible. We, we really did fall in love with it. So, um, we, we've done several tours there, um, and played, uh, one of their major festivals, which is called Salmon Fest, uh, which was (laughs) definitely a highlight. (laughs) Um, we've also played, uh, we've played major festivals, uh, all through, um, Europe and the UK and obviously here in Australia, um, Blues Fest, which is our our mm-hmm. local major festival here, is always uh, one of the highlights of the year for us. We've played that many, many times, and um, you know we we pretty much always keep our fingers firmly crossed that we'll be able <laughs> to play it again. <laughs> you know, in every coming year, but. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's been so many amazing experiences um, that we've had, and every, everything from playing small house concerts in uh, someone's wine cellar in the south of France to being on a major stage and playing in front of many thousands of people. You know, um, yeah, we, we kind of wow. yeah we kind of run the gamut um, of uh, all different performance experiences. Um, And yeah, it's so, it's super hard for me to pick out, you know, just one or two because there's so many.
0: Of course, look. You don't have to. You don't have to. That's that's fine. Look, you know, I've seen one of your blues fest shows, and uh, look, it knocked my socks off. You know, it's fantastic. You know, I really loved it. It's just gave me goosebumps. Thank you. <laughs> can can you tell us more about your band? Can you introduce your band members? So obviously, you introduced uh, Jules, but yes. um, who else um, do you play with?
1: Yeah. So um, the Hussey Higgs uh, essentially. Um, at its core, it's uh, it's Jules Parker, myself, and um, our bass player is Tracy Stevens. Um, we call her Tracy Basie, but uh, <laughs> she's also local to this sort of region. And um, Ali Foster on drums, who has been with us for I think six years now. Um, so yeah, and you know we've been doing. Um, prior to really nailing down this kind of um four piece lineup we had been doing a mixture of um of acoustic and band touring so we still kind of keep it uh you know it's always going to be me and Jules um and we we have a mm. fully acoustic show that we put on which you know is is um us both of us playing a lot more percussion um and uh, and me playing a lot more guitar, actually. Uh, but um, with the band set up, then you know my my role changes slightly um, to more of a front person role. Um, you know because uh, you know the the songs are still split up fairly evenly between me and Jules. Um, you know as to who is the the lead, who takes the lead on you know that particular song but yeah with the band it's it's a really fantastic experience but certainly for me because basically I get to just kind of jump around on stage and and have the time of my life and uh you know there's um there's a lot of intensity we we have a um a lot of light and shade in our live shows so you know we we try and really build up to to huge moments and uh I get to Mm. I get to sing from, you know, from every single part of my whole body. So it's, it's a really, really great experience and it's been wonderful. Um, this last tour that we've done with the band uh, has just been phenomenal.
0: Nice. Well, that's sounds fantastic. Look uh, to all the listeners out there. If you get a chance to uh, to see uh, one of your shows, check out Hussy Hicks. You will not regret that. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> it's fantastic <laughs> stuff. And um, we shared it just before the, we started recording today. And you said you're about to jump back on the plane um, for more touring. Can can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, so we we got back to Europe um in July this year for the first time um since COVID stopped everything. Um and uh we you know we had such a great experience and a and a bunch of the promoters um and venues uh suggested that um there's a couple of major events actually that kind of uh are the linchpin of this tour but it's only three weeks we're heading back to europe um and we're doing a run of shows a couple of shows in the uk and then um a couple of guitar sort of not really festivals but guitar events um Uh, acoustic guitar events which we've done quite a lot of in Europe and um we you know in in those sorts of shows we we basically get to go on and showcase it's usually a sort of 25 or 35 minute showcase set and um and we'll be playing alongside some of the most extraordinary acoustic guitar players in Europe um Peter Finger is is one who um is a dear friend of ours, but, you know, just a legendary guitar player. He's absolutely phenomenal. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's uh, really wonderful to be surrounded by um, such high-caliber musicians mm-hmm. and to get the opportunity to do that. So, we, yeah, we, um, we sort of scrambled and put a, put a bunch of things together to make it uh, worthwhile us going over so that we can, uh, we can be part of these incredible events.
0: Wow, fantastic. Look, uh, I'm just so happy that bands can tour again and, you know, to see you hitting the road and getting out to Europe, that's really, really what I was hoping for earlier this year. So I'm just trying to um, steer to a more serious um, subject. Um, You are based in Lismore and... um, yeah, I've had quite a few episodes where we spoke about what happened in Lismore and the floods and I would like to um talk to you as well about uh, what happened to you and uh, it's my understanding that you've got a studio nearby the river and you were flood affected as well is is that
1: correct? Yeah, it's um <laughs> it's almost an understatement. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh we yeah, um I'm I'm actually sitting here um where we were sitting on the twenty eighth of February, um, so we uh, we've I, I, we've had this property for several years now, and we've experienced a couple of minor and um, major floods uh, and everything in between. Um, and uh, you know we we have this kind of process that we go through before a flood. And uh, you know, all the vehicles get taken out. And it's not really until we're at the major flood level that that we're really affected here. You know, the, the studio is 3.2 meters off the ground. Um we lift everything up to the roof. Uh you know, there's there's a a kind of routine that okay. goes with living mm. on a flood uh, on a floodplain. Yeah. Um and we had done all of that, and we were we were anticipating a larger flood than we had experienced before, but um you know the the february twenty eight flood was was almost two and a half meters higher than anything on record, and um for us, that two and a half meters meant over the roof um oh gee, so all of the preparation that we had done. Uh, everything that had been lifted up to the roof line which you know um nothing uh, on record um, would ha- could have possibly prepared us for for the amount of water that we had um, but yeah it, it we we were in here uh, as the water was rising and it it was it was quite a slow process actually the Sunday night was fairly chilled. You know, it, it had been raining constantly and there was heaps and heaps of water on the ground, but we hadn't actually been inundated by the river. You know, there's a point when the river comes across mm. here. And, um, yeah, it wasn't until late that night, late Sunday night, that the water really actually started to rise. And, um, you know, there are a few rookie mistakes that we you know we we forgot a few things that were under the house that had already started to float and by that time you sort of you don't really want to be in the flood water you know yes. so so we sort of realized okay all right this is really happening and um yeah and then you know when it started to broach the floor and it's it's almost like it sped up um <laughs> and you start to watch the entire contents of your house uh, anything that's left on the ground starts to float. Um, anything mm. that I I I, th- I thought wouldn't float, you know, hardwood tables and chairs and things that are super heavy, um, they all started to float. And everything it becomes chaos. Everything ends up everywhere, you know. So, so we uh, at, at the point where it sort of seemed like it would be dangerous to stay inside, uh, we went outside and jumped on our boats so we had prepared two boats one kayak a uh, one seater kayak and one surf ski type boat and um we had paddles we had our you know bug out bags packed with water and a few medical supplies and you know head covering and a warm change of clothes but you know you couldn't you couldn't take too much at first jules had all of her hard drives in her backpack, but it was too heavy and the balancing on the boat became really quite difficult. Gee. Um Whoa. yeah, so we, you know, we we really experienced the flood um in <laughs> in the most intense kind of way. Um and I know I know that there's thousands of people uh across the region who um experienced it in, in a similar way, but um yeah, it you know for for me, I really I really did feel that there was a point where it would stop, and through our whole experience and to the point where we were rescued, the water was still rising. Um, oh, I geez, sat. That's
0: terrible. Mm. <laughs>
1: I sat on the roof. Um, you know, uh, as soon as we got the first bit of sunlight or, or light, um, uh, we decided that it was. Um, we had to go over to our neighbors and and check on Jim because um Jim had stayed in as well. and um by that point, uh he, yeah, he was in a pretty bad situation. So uh Jules paddled across um in the the most sturdy boat, <laughs> and i I stayed here um, and sat on the roof um, which, you know, was, uh, (laughs) was quite an interesting time. Um, you know, we'd, we'd sort of been through all of this kind of hectic, uh, watching the flood unfold. And then at the, at the most hectic point where, uh, where the house is completely engulfed in water, um, we had to separate. So, So that was uh, that was quite quite a lot to deal with, Um, but but both of us remained really calm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were clearly filled with a lot of adrenaline. Okay. And um, I, you know, everything seemed like it was happening the way that it was supposed to happen. I know that sounds really strange, but um, you know, I. Uh, I was I was sitting on the roof, and I had we had tied our backpacks underneath the highest point of the outside balcony. Um, so I just kept sort of leaning over and and trying to lift them a bit higher and position them, you know, as high as possible. Um, and that was kind of my focus, and and to stay calm and also to get help to us. So I I, I called my family who arranged you know, we've got, um, I have cousins who live in Wallingbaugh, so not very far away. And, um, at, you know, initially both Jules and I said, you know, we don't want to put anyone else at risk. This was our choice to stay in. So, um, you know, we'd called the SES about eight hours before that. And, um, Kept calling, and you know they were obviously completely overwhelmed. So, our chances of being rescued by the SES um, were—we'd realised that they were pretty slim by this point. And so, yeah, so eventually, my my cousin, um, both of my cousins, uh, put put the boat in and and uh, managed to to come and rescue us. Um, and you know, Jules uh, Jules was over next door. Holding Jim out of the water, holding his, uh, supporting his body so that his his head was out of the water. Um, oh,
0: wow. For
1: many hours. Gee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was, um, they were still under the balcony because, you know, Jim didn't have great um, capabilities of movement. Uh, mm. You know, he was in terrible shock and uh, had been. Like he had been submerged in the flood water for several hours, um and yeah, so the options of sort of swimming up and 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 pulling uh themselves onto the roof was was sort of that yeah, it wasn't really an option um so yeah, so you know Jules was trying to work out what their next step was because they were at the point where uh they they only had a few centimeters before their heads would actually be underwater, you know. Oh, so gee. our rescue boat arrived just in time, and, uh, yeah, we were, you know, we're I guess I don't even know how far we are, but we did we kept kind of cooing across okay, so <laughs> to kind of make
0: you could communicate
1: we could. and mm. uh, we had. We still actually had phone communication at that point and, you know, both of us were constantly trying to call the SES. I contacted all the neighbours that I uh, had phone numbers for um, to say, do you have a boat? We're in real trouble here, you know, can can you get us and so there was a bunch of different things happening and you know um, a bunch of different people were sort of planning to rescue us and and yeah finally the boat came in and and uh we managed to get to dry land and uh it was about four or five days later that um uh we we came back here we borrowed Uh, another kayak and we and we kayaked over the low part of the property which was still underwater to access it and uh and we walked in and it was (laughs) uh it was unbelievable um you know the drums obviously floated uh the highest (laughs) so there were just drums on top of things everywhere. Everything was upside down. Everything was covered in mud. All of the guitars that we'd stacked up against the roof. Um, you know, some of them were still stacked against the roof. Some of them were, had fallen down and were, you know, in piles of just, you know, oh, no. just mud covered. Yeah. So the, yeah, the whole, the whole studio was, um, was, yeah, com- completely um, ruined, you know, um, Jules's beautiful NS10 speakers, um, you know, they, they're made of chipboard basically. So they just, they, uh, they kind of explode, <laughs> you know, uh, everything that's made of wood kind of expands and, and the, the necks on the guitars kind of, you know, they've been hanging in water for a couple of days. So the binding pops off and, um, yeah, I mean, the uh, the state that we walked into uh, was pretty crazy. Like, uh, yeah, like Armageddon had truly hit.
0: Wow. Oh, my God. Was there anything you could rescue from your studio? Any musical gear? Yeah.
1: Symbols? Yeah, um, am- amazingly. Amazingly. Actually, some of Jules's beautiful valve compressors, um, which, you know, we – Initially we were just going to throw them all in the don't keep pile and some musical friends of ours said um, that water damage is not necessarily the worst thing and that sometimes things can be saved. So uh, Jill's got advice to, um, to put a bunch of things in uh, demineralized water and uh, so she got... <clears throat> she got these big tubs and filled them with demineralized water and put um yeah some of her rack units and uh some of her pedals um yeah a bunch of different things in demineralized water and left them sit there which sort of allows um the the dirt and mud and stuff to settle and um Yeah, thanks to her amazing uh, technical guy based up on the Gold Coast, um, uh, a lot of it was actually saved after, you know, months and months and months of, um, uh, you know, putting them in water and then uh, sort of letting all of the dirt and mud seep out and then cleaning, you know, cleaning that off Mm. and then putting them in water again, you know, just this constant process of really gentle cleaning and, um, yeah, we were absolutely stunned that uh that they survived um some of her guitars are being rebuilt by some really dear friends um
0: oh, that's great to hear,
1: yeah, you know, all of the drum hardware um and actually the drum shells uh they were beautiful um d w drum shells and uh a drummer friend, um, actually not even a close friend, a sort of a friend of a friend. Um, he said, "Look, I'll I'll just take them and I'll let them dry out slowly, and uh, you know I'll clean them all out for you, and we'll see if they if they come good." And yeah, and they they did. They so did. wow, it's yeah, it's it's quite amazing. But you know, when when you're in the the depths of everything in your house has been destroyed, um, it's it's really difficult to see past um, that level of uh, just, yeah, utter destruction, mm. <laughs> you know. Like it seems like uh, you could never possibly have enough time to clean all of this stuff up and to... Um, yeah to uh it just it's it's completely overwhelming yeah, yeah, you know of and i i recall uh we had a wonderful team of um just incredible humans um my 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 family's neighbor uh is an electrician he got a team of his his guys to come down. They ripped all of the powerpoints and light fittings out, and um, and helped us carry everything out and gurney out the whole house and mm. pull down pull down all the walls and lay them flat so they could dry out. And and you know another friend was up on the roof um, pulling out every second uh, roofing iron sheet and and pulling the insulation. We had that sort of earth wool mm. kind of insulation in in the roof and walls, and it's so absorbent that um the amount of water that it holds is you know it's so heavy yeah (laughs) so so he was pulling all of that out we were pulling it all out of the walls and you know it was it was a massive 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 effort um but they're bringing they're bringing things down the stairs and you know our job was basically to say put it in the keep pile or put it in the don't keep pile and you're so overwhelmed with the state of everything that I got into this headspace of just, I just want it all gone. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want mm. to see it. I, I, you know, that the last, uh, you know, um, my life up until now <laughs> uh, is I'm, I'm happy to just let everything that I owned prior to this moment go. You know, you, um, I guess, maybe still in a state of shock or something.
0: Probably, um, yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, but uh, it. Yeah, I'm. I'm really glad that there were a bunch of level-headed people there who just sort of said, "No, look, maybe this could be saved." Um, you know, things like microphone stands and mm. and th- you know things like that that are sort of a no-brainer. You you can wash them off and yeah. they're still going to work. You know, you might need to oil the, the little uh, components and stuff, but they're still going to work. So you know things like that. Um, and then you know. We, we started thinking, okay, well, maybe, maybe we just put all of the studio gear and no matter how bad it looks, no matter how dire it looks, maybe we just put it all in a pile mm. um, and, and then we can slowly go through it and see, you know, we didn't know if there were any components of the speakers that may, may still be okay or, yeah, so we, we sort of ended up separating it to like all of the musical gear and um and you know things that we thought we possibly could save and then you know just this massive massive pile of uh ro- you know uh, couches and yeah. uh, uh you know bedding and and just stuff that is so disgusting and and you know the smell is so intense um yeah it's you know it's uh, it, it it was a lot to deal with, and I'm I'm super super lucky that uh, you know I, I've spoken to other people in who, who have gone through the same process um, where you just want everything gone, you don't want to deal with it, you don't want to look at it. So um, I. Yeah, I recognise that that's an, a natural human response. Um, but, yeah, I feel very, very grateful for those people who were like, hang on, wait, 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 maybe don't throw that straight out. Maybe, mm. you know, m- maybe give yourself a little bit of time and uh, and work through uh, what's actually savable and do you want to save it, you know. Wow,
0: wow. Wow, I'm I'm speech- speechless. What a story. Um <laughs> wow and just to the to the listeners who you know are are not close by we have many overseas listeners this was your story out of thousands in lismore you know there's a huge community th- thousands of houses that went under where there's many many more stories just like yours some were luckier some were even less lucky wow That gives us an idea of of the dimension of of what happened there. Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm. And, you know, we actually got to the point where uh, we felt like we were really lucky, Mm. you know. I know that sounds strange, but um, in the whole scheme of the devastation of this whole region, um, uh, because we have such a beautiful um, and… Generous community of people um, through through music, but um, also through. I grew up in this region. Um, I have lots of family in this region, and um, you know we we had the, the most incredible outpouring of love and support. Um, and you know things like I, um, I I felt like because I I sat sat on the roof alone in the driving rain, you know, and it was wild. The, the rain was heavier than anything I'd experienced. Um, but then a few days after that I heard stories of people who were on their roof for days and I, you know, I just, I, I couldn't even fathom that. And then you hear stories of of people who have lived in the same house for 40, 50 years and, um, you know, they, they don't have, the community that we have access to, and they don't necessarily have the resources that we had to rebuild. You know, um, it's yeah, it's um, I, it, it's one of those things. You 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 can never measure your grief against someone else's or your trauma against someone else's. Of um, but but I do really feel like uh, in in the whole process of this incredible disaster um, that you know, we we had, um, we were fortunate in many ways, if that makes sense.
0: Mm, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I see. So maybe let's talk about, you know, the days and weeks after. So um, there was a huge cleaning effort and, you know, the community, the wider community rushed uh, to help out. And uh, I found that among all the devastation and, and the trauma, there were lots of, of bright moments of, of uh, hope and, and uh, help where it wasn't expected, where just random strangers walked up to random houses and started helping and just friendships built in these moments. So I found that our community came together like I've never seen it before and I uh, found that that gave me hope, personally. Um, Tell me more about the experience of of your friends. You know, you are obviously uh, based in the area you've you've been there for a long time. You're an integral part of the musical community. So how did other musicians get through it? Um, Are there similar stories? How did the musical musical community survive this?
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah uh, look <laughs> um, amazingly uh, the the musical community is is such a special place um <laughs> our it was our musician friends um who. Were the ones you know a, a lot of people from the Gold Coast because we, we were based on the Gold Coast for many many years. It was only really since COVID that we um, we sort of started basing ourselves full time down here, um, and so many musicians um, just they they jumped in their vehicles, they went and 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 filled their their vehicles with everything from cleaning supplies to you know feminine hygiene products to toothbrushes and you know and and cartons of beer <laughs> <laughs> you know things like that and then they mm. and they just drove around to random random people's houses and they would spend a couple of hours cleaning or they would just give them a beer and offer to sit and have a chat mm. you know all all of these um really, really beautiful moments of, um, human kindness, uh, that, that you mentioned that, um, you know, constantly, uh, you would hear stories that would bring you to tears. Um, as far as, uh, our musical family here who were affected, um, yeah, it's, it's been pretty tough. Mm. <laughs> um one of our mates, um Dan Pearson, his uh his um stage name is Triple Nip. an incredible spoken word um artist and rapper. Um he he lost everything. Um he he did manage to get in and get his his father's paintings um and uh and some of his lyric books and uh and managed to clean them off and uh and and you know uh recover them which you know he said was the only thing that he was really um really concerned about but yeah you know he's uh, he's now um still i guess however many months on we are um living in a disaster pod mm. um you know, so many people still haven't been able to return to their homes um, and uh, anyone who was renting, you know, a lot of landlords have just sort of wiped their hands of it and decided they're just going to sell. So so there's nowhere for these people to go back to even if they did have, um, you know, if they were able to sort of tidy up and rebuild, mm. you know, the, the flood houses. So, yeah, um, so it's it's been pretty wild but um you know some friends of ours who run an event space uh they they were um uh, you know it's it's a big old factory and they were they're so high it's unbelievable you look you look at how high they <laughs> they are and uh and you know water still
0: mm.
1: um it it still went further than than they You know they they had allowed so much so much space and yeah it's it's just crazy but the real the real um, heart of I guess the real spirit of the community um, was when people were finally coming back into town and it took me and Jules a couple of weeks until we were ready to go back into town Mm. Um, because we're six kilometers out of town. and when we did, it was just amazing because you'd see as you'd just see dozens of people that that you know, and you know, at the recovery hub, it kind of became like this. Um. Uh, you, you could. You could let you could really release you know you you'd get there and 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 you would see someone and they would tell you their story and you're both talking and it you know you there's there's this sort of massive like like everything gets downloaded yeah. and yes. <laughs> or oh. offloaded I suppose is the is the word um, and yeah you know you you just you just realize that um, everyone was re- was really in the same position, you know, and, uh, and we, you know, we, we were all still trying to stay strong for one another, um, whilst, you know, uh, breaking down and, you know, it, at the time my, uh, my emotional breakdowns were not for me. They were never for me. They were, uh, usually caused by an, an amazing act of kindness um, or by hearing someone else's devastating story.
0: Mm. Wow. Yeah, wow. So many stories to be told. Yeah, I uh, don't know
1: if I've mm. answered your question or if I've <laughs> just been rambling. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's
0: perfectly it's... fine. That's perfectly fine. Look, <laughs> But isn't, isn't music one of the best places to download or offload, or whatever you want to call it, your thoughts and stories and put them into song? Uh, oh, one
1: hundred uh, percent.
0: Same boat is is one of your songs that uh, I guess um, yeah caused some ripples, if I may say so. Can you tell us more about the song and where it's coming from and the meaning and the lyrics? What it's all about?
1: Well, same boat. Um, same boat was written um, probably a couple of months after the start of the lockdowns. I um, see. Mm. And I guess. I guess in a way, um, you know, we, we had a huge 2020 planned. Uh, we had three international tours that were cancelled because of COVID. Um, we had a huge Australian tour, obviously Blues Fest. Um, you know, we that was uh, all set to be, you know, the biggest year of our career. Um, and I went through a lot of... Um, grieving, I think, um, during the pandemic, uh, sort of grieving over, uh, missing out on all the experiences that I was looking forward to. Um, and same boat ended up being, um, I guess, uh, you know, me sort of coming to terms with, okay, well, I guess, you know like it's not just us it's it's not that one of us has got sick and we've been grounded you know this is everyone <laughs> like mm-hmm. everyone in the music industry is suffering right now and uh and um you know unable to work uh obviously large gatherings of people were off the off the cards so that that was kind of the essence behind writing same boat um i I wanted it to be fun. I wanted it to be a fun song because it's such a it was such a serious subject for me um <laughs> so i kind of I liked that contrast of this kind of uh you know really kind of almost playful sound like with the the production of it um is quite deliberately uh, you know, eighties inspired, you know, it sounds very, you know, we listened to Cindy Lauper snare drums and we, we listened to a lot of Pat Benatar production and, you know, we, we went for that. We, we, we deliberately, um, went for that. And it, I think it really suits the song. Um, but the, the most crazy thing about Same Boat, um, is uh actually let me back up one second we we also released the song with a video game so uh you know it had been a long-term sort of dream of ours to uh, create an interactive film clip which was essentially what um what the video game was so you you can just watch it, but you know you don't earn any points if you just watch it so uh, <laughs> so you, you can play and and the thing is that the game it starts with our tour van breaking down and then um and this was created by friends of ours. we didn't make the game we 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 brainstormed concepts and um and over a a period of um a couple of months, it all came together and so so when we released the the single um we also released the video game and we we released the video game a week before it went to radio so Mm. the video game is us paddling um paddling this little boat um uh on a river and avoiding obstacles so there's there's crocodiles and sharks and magpies and stuff like that and then um uh, and then it goes on to two more little mini games. One's The Boat Becomes a Parachute and the next one is uh, We Make It to the Gig and, you know, you have to um, uh, click the the moving circle. So there, it's a super cute little game that goes with the song. But, uh, yeah, the I- ironic thing is that it was actually released to radio on the 28th of February. So the same day that... Um, Jules was paddling over <laughs> to rescue Jim, and she was she was avoiding plenty of stuff in the floodwater. Um, uh, that was our official same boat release. So it just it oh, wow. you know our our heads were just spinning from from that you know it took days for us to kind of come to terms with what had happened we almost sort of felt a bit Mm. responsible as well in in this weird kind of way like did we actually manifest this surely not you know (laughs)
0: of
1: course not yeah but 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 a crazy experience
0: okay wow Wow. Um, look, I think it's uh, really inspiring to see how you turn a piece of music into a video game as well. And uh, that got you a fair bit of attention by itself, didn't it? The video game. So um, wasn't there quite a bit of uh, media attention as well?
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, people really dug it. We mm. we we loved doing the video game so much that um, the boys from Monkey Noise, um, who uh, are, are family friends, um, Friends of Jules's brothers, so she's known them for many, many years, and um, they are video game creators. So um, they enjoyed the project so much that um, they suggested we we do a video game for the the rest of the songs on the EP. So uh, we thought that was a great idea, <laughs> <laughs> and um, we actually ended up packaging the three video games. Um, and, and all of the songs into our very own Hussy Hicks app. So um, we have an app that you can get on the App Store and uh, in in the app, uh, it starts and it's kind of, it's almost like coming into our, our studio. Um, you go up the stairs and then, you know, you, you come into our studio and you'll see the band sitting there, uh, you know, jamming on guitar or playing the video game or whatever. And, um, and then you can choose to go into whichever room you want. So you can play the video game or you can, or you can play all three video games, or you can uh, just listen to the music. Um, we're planning to make another room where we can upload um, unique content uh, that's only available on the app. So um, you know, there's cool. there's a lot of forward development as well that that, that we're planning, uh, and you know, to to also release um, like old old demos and and things because you know we've realised. We lost so many hard drives and we've lost so much of our data and our old recordings that, um, that possibly just, you know, sharing a lot of that back catalog stuff that was never released. Um, you know, it might, it might be a, a great way to do that. So, um, yeah. And the app, um, has really been, um, it's it's been cool. It's a lot of people are like, I don't get it at all. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean you've got a Hussey Hicks app? Um, but the people who get into it absolutely love it. And we had um, we actually charted with the app. We charted um, on the um, iTunes app charts uh, at number two, um, just under Minecraft. Wow and above grand theft auto <laughs> wow. which was really cool <laughs> um yeah so you know so it's 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 kind of an interesting idea we haven't heard of anyone else doing it and um you know we we definitely want to keep putting some energy behind that whole concept um and uh, and keep growing wow. um i, I love with, it with that idea
0: i, I love it uh, you're obviously thinking outside the box there and you're coming up with phenomenal ideas that's
1: <laughs> that's great and that all pans out.
0: So look Lisa I, I really respect and you know appreciate your your uh, resilience how how you got through the entire flood phase and now you're you seem to be operating again you're touring just a couple of months after it's been what is it 9 months approximately yeah. and uh, when you told us the flood stories this sounds to me like something that would end so many careers. You know, a lot of people would just give up and walk and start a new life elsewhere. Or <laughs> And, and you're, you're back up, you're operating, and you're doing this so successfully. So my respect.
1: <laughs> uh, thank you so much. What, um, what advice
0: have you got for other musicians who are you know, struggling in, in their life, who are experiencing hardships? How do you work through this mentally?
1: Look, i I think that um, I think for me it's been really, really important to uh, to remember that um, the music creation aspect of what we do um, is uh, some of the most um, healthy processing of emotions um, that well for me certainly I can only speak from my personal mm. experience but but that process of creation of writing um, you know recording even even just performing live but um but you know feeling all of all of the things like i I you know in a in a live performance I get to kind of run the gamut of so many different emotions, you know. I'm not a dog is a really angry song, so I get to feel that on stage and get it out, you know. Um, and and yeah, I, I go through I go through phases where I can't write and I get a bit blocked, but then, you know, then it's like the uh, everything just completely flows out and and you're sort of back in this creative space and and every you know um, and I, I feel like it's really good therapy for me personally therapy. um
0: it, music yeah. is it definitely is yes it's 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 so healthy for our souls and minds yeah mm.
1: and i know that with with all the covid stuff that it's been extremely difficult um for musicians and and music creators um you know we've we've all had to sort of question uh <laughs> what our purpose is and um and what role do we play in society? And, you know, it's it's been a really tough time. Um, but we have never, Jules and I have really never um, spent too much time dwelling on the business, like the industry side of things. Mm. Um, we, ha- we have heaps and heaps and heaps of industry friends and, you know, a lot of the bands that we um Hang out with, uh, heavily involved with um, the industry stuff, but you know, for me, um, uh, kind of consciously letting go of of that, um, trying to climb up the ladder, you know, um, uh, and realizing that the the process of creating and performing um, music is that's that's what I'm in it for. I'm you mm. know I'm not I'm not in this to be um, on the television or to be on in magazines. You know, um, it's it is for the musical experience, um, and I think a lot of us can get caught up um, in the game and uh, and forget that that part of our drive to do this. Um, or, or, you know, most of our drive to do this is because it's deep in our heart and soul, mm-hmm. and that it's important to get it out. And you know that it's it's not necessarily, um, you know, even even things like Spotify plays and you know numbers and stuff. Like I know uh, so many independent um, and record company musos who who um, are really great at doing all that stuff. Um, but for me personally i i'm not great I'm not great at it. I think what I am good at is um is creating music and performing it to people you know okay. so so focusing on the aspect of of um you know where where the joy that you get from from what you do um it does that make Got sense it.
0: yes 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 of y- course so you're yeah. you're not trying to do everything you're just doing what, what's what you enjoy most and that's your superpower isn't it making music. yeah yeah
1: yeah and uh, and not not getting stressed out about all of the other mm. stuff and and again using you know comparing yourself to other people um mm. constantly and all of that sort of unhealthy behavior
0: okay good um, got it look i've yeah. got one last question if i may if listeners want to find out more about hussy hicks about you and your band where can we direct them to her
1: Um, well, definitely the app.
0: (laughs) Okay. Off to the app store?
1: Off to the app store. Um, yeah. Uh, Or, you know, uh, we obviously do all the social media stuff. Um, I, I should say sign up to our mailing list. Um, but I, this year again, I've been terrible with all of that stuff. I didn't even send out an email, um, for, uh, for the EP release, but, um, you know, I, I do send out maybe a couple of emails a year to let you know what we're doing. But, um, and we have, you know, we have a website where we host all of our, all of our gigs. And yeah. what, really, what's the address? I think uh, it's just com
0: Dot com. There we go. And it's yeah. going to be in the show notes, of course. So uh, all the listeners scroll down to the end and I'm going to put the video, video uh, in there as well, of course. Any Excellent. other places where we can find you? Social media channels, uh, YouTube, maybe?
1: Uh, Yeah, we've you know we've got quite a bit of stuff up Mm. on YouTube, um, and uh, yeah, Facebook, Instagram are probably the the main social media channels that we um, uh, we post all of our events. But I I would say if you really want to experience the essence of Hussey Hicks, then try try and come to a show. (laughs) Yeah, Um, (laughs) of course, because yeah, because that's that's the real magic of 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 the moment, and Mm. you know we've always. We've always said that we're a live act. Mm. You know, we're a we're a live musical act. That's that's um, you know we we love the studio. We love recording. We love creating in the studio. But um, it's it's really live where we get to yeah. uh, put all all of our things on the table. Fantastic.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Look, Lisa, thank you so much for speaking to me today. I really appreciate uh, all the stories you shared. And, you know, it's really inspiring to to hear you talk. So thank you so much.
1: Uh, thank you so much. And I hope uh, I hope I haven't rambled too much. No, like I said, I, I, I was worried that my tired brain may be inarticulate. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you putting up with me. Uh
0: <laughs> you did amazing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate thank that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lisa Jens of Hassie Hicks Band. And by the time this episode airs, Lisa is probably already somewhere in Europe jetting around touring. So I really appreciate that you made some time for me and it was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, your stories are very inspiring and I have the utmost respect of how you got through the flood times. And uh, look at you now, <laughs> bouncing back and uh, touring again, which is fantastic. Uh, all our regular listeners of course also know that um, we've been working on the Flood Songs project for quite some time for the Northern Rivers. It's an initiative that now has finally come to a conclusion. That the record is out. Ta-da! You can go to any music player that you like and search for Flood Songs compilation. I've worked on it for many, many months and it includes lots of amazing local artists which you may know from previous episodes. So please Go over, listen to their music, and if you want to support them, turn your music application in loop mode. Okay, if you want to reach out to me directly, of course you can do so via my website mixartist.com.au, where I offer mixed-on services for clients worldwide, and of course studio recording services for anybody who needs a little bit of help pushing their projects across the finish line here in the Northern Rivers. Uh, That's all for today. I really appreciate you spending time with us today. Bye for now.